Long, way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruning, and joining me once again to continue this preview series is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. This is uh this is gonna be the uh, the Drake podcast with uh, that we've mentioned before with Texas Southern and uh, Prairie View and <laughs> yeah yeah Houston part two man Houston part two uh, I don't think he mentioned Sam Houston State which is kind of messed up you know I think even though they're not a HBCU <laughs> I mean he was he was mentioning San Antonio in that song and everything so I know right come on mention Huntsville too I get I don't know I guess outside the state Huntsville kind of has another affiliation for a lot of people yeah, in actually, Texas yeah, so. actually never mind never mind but uh <laughs> anyways yeah we got uh, Sam Houston State Texas Southern and Prairie View today um in our second uh Houston podcast if you are from Houston and you want to hear about the other Houston teams we did Houston Rice and Houston Baptist on the first um as our very first episode of the preview series so check that out and check out our other um previews as well so let's start with sam houston here um let me get my timer set uh for those who don't know we just try to do six minutes on each team uh and we do men's and women's obviously so six teams six minutes a piece all right six minutes i i have the you know what i realized when, when did we come up with six minutes i just like i was that just like a random it time was random. That we- Okay, 100%. I was just like, why did we, I was like, why six, not five? Why? I don't know. That's just like came to my mind right definitely, now. <laughs> it's definitely less random than seven, though. Seven would be weird. True. True. Yeah, six. I don't know. Yeah, it was random. It was random okay. for those asking. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll I'll intro the men's here. Let's get started. Okay. All right. The Bearcats, Sam Houston State, um, nineteen and nine, thirteen and three in conference play last year under Jason Hooten, who was there, who has there been there since twenty eleven, averaged eighty over eighty points per game last year, shot thirty six percent from three, and while holding their opponents to twenty nine point four percent from three, uh, and they made nine point two threes per game. Obviously, Zach Nuttall is the star or was the star of the team last year. I mean, we're talking about an all conference player, player of the year. Um, he leaves, he goes to SMU, SMU, uh, we talked about them already. We previewed them as a big addition for them, but he was in a lot of ways, their go-to guy. And now we have to look at other players stepping up and they do return a lot. Demarcus Lampley, Dante Powers, Tristan Ikpe, um, JV on May. And then they add Savion flag from Texas A&M. And that's the big one. And I think he was selected to the second team, uh, second team all whack in the preseason. So there's already high expectations for him. Um, they were picked to come in seventh in the whack, I believe, by both the media and the coaches. Um, they were plus 3.3 in turnover margin last year. They were, they actually, one thing looking at it, they were actually ranked higher in defense than offense last year by Ken Palm, which I thought was interesting mm. um, because we, I think of last year's team as just being a, you know, offensive machine just continuing. The defense was actually pretty good last year and actually won them a lot of games. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting team. Um, it, and I'm interested to see how they add Savion Flag to this mix because really you're just subbing Flag in for Nuttall, even though they're very different players and it's not a direct substitution. But you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're ha- you're having him kind of come in and be one of the premier scorers. Um, I think Demarcus Lampley is going to be probably taking over more of that in the backcourt. Um, and you can probably mess around, especially in the whack. You can probably mess around with Savion flag playing a lot more four, even five. Um, was small last year, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think he's going to be a, a very, uh, a very versatile addition to that team. You mentioned their defense. Um, that was definitely something that they were able to hang their hat on. And then of course, when you have a score like a Zach Nuttall, like he can, you know, kind of take over and do things on the scoring end. 
And despite not being a great defender himself, it didn't really matter because you had that kind of defensive solidity uh, solidity around him. They got a lot of non-steal turnovers as well. Uh, they stole the ball quite a bit. Uh, the yeah, they they were they were able to steal the ball quite a bit. I believe they're about top eighty-ish in steals, which is solid. It's not great, but it's pretty good. And the one thing, like I remember the thing you could say about this team was that they were able to, I I guess last year for them, it was kind of a uh, uh, interesting year where there was, there was clearly a top in the, in the Southland right now, obviously the WAC and they were, they, of course they dropped, I think they dropped both games to Sam Hughes or the SFA. Uh, They split with Abilene Christian and then they just then those are their those are their losses in conference, right? And so they were they were part of that firm group. And I do wonder, like, okay, well, now that they've transitioned to this conference, this this uh, the new WAC conference, do they get lost in the shuffle there, or they do they continue to kind of punch up towards the towards the top? So um, that's kind of my my question heading into this year. There's you mentioned it. Their, their only losses were, you know, to Abilene Christian and SFA, basically, in conference play. Yeah. And then, of course, um, I think Lamar in the tournament, I think. So then they get to the tournament, and they lose to Lamar in their first game. And mm-hmm. look at the box score of that game. And it's very revealing in a lot of sense, in a lot of ways. Um, Zach Nuttall drops 30 on 12 yeah. of 21 shooting. Nobody else scores more than eight. Demarcus Lampley goes two of seven. Tristan Eek paid three of seven. Javion May three or four so you're not talking about a lot of attempts from these Mm -hmm. other guys but still there's kind of like that there was that reliance on Nuttall last year where it was literally just give him the ball and get out the way a lot of times and I mean I I loved watching I mean Nuttall went five of ten from three that game like he had eight boards like he was just everywhere he's he's a great player Mm -hmm. but when you're playing against a Lamar team that we talked about before is a good defensive team you know can take away a good amount of stuff and can kind of grind out a game that's where it became kind of an issue at times and so it that's my concern moving forward is I don't I don't know how much I trust Demarcus Lampley to step up in that capacity to be a plus 15 point per game scorer here you know Mm -hmm. Uh, Bryce Monroe or or, uh, Dante I think Monroe is gone actually but uh, Dante Powers, Ikpe, Javion May I mean you have good players here but in order to get to another, another, you know, uh, 13 and three esque season here, you're going to need Savion flag or, or one of these returners to really, really be a guy here, like a first team all conference guy. Cause I don't know if, well, I think the team is good. I think you have good players. Like this is a really good conference mm-hmm. in the whack. You're going to need someone to step up and be that guy. Yeah. And <clears throat> one of the other things was they weren't very good at rebounding either. You mentioned their size, their lack of size. They were, I believe, in the more closer to the 300, 100 range when it came to uh, offensive and defensive rebounding. They got kind of beat on the boards, and you look at the games they lost, and that's kind of a big indication of where they lost them. Um, and that really doesn't change because despite being, you know, a really athletic uh, combo, Savion Flag's not a very strong rebounder. You know, he's, he's a decent rebounder, but yeah. – um, you know, you're going to have him kind of drifting between the the perimeter and, and the inside. So, yeah, I'm trying to look at it right now. They get they lose the rebounding battle to Abilene Christian and they lose the rebounding battle to SFA both times and both games they lost. So, yeah, I'm interested. They, they added a graduate senior from Utah State in Cuba Karwowski. Um and he's a 7-2 center. So that's the the one thing maybe they look to address in the offseason mm-hmm. with some size. They got him, and then they added a 6-10 uh, sophomore, I believe, in a Giovanni Mejeru, uh from, from Juco. So they added two guys that are big, bigger than mm-hmm. basically anything they had last year. So maybe they'll look to implement them. I don't know if Karwowski is going to start or whatever, but at least having a 7-2 guy you can throw out there occasionally. And sure. it looked like he was kind of a player at Utah State, like could at least – they could throw him in there. So hmm. that's interesting. All right. The whack has 18 games, I believe. Yes. Um, we've talked about the whack before. Um, very competitive. And it's I I'm I'm interested in how SMU as Sam Houston plays because this is a clear step up. I don't know. Um 
Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eleven and seven. I think. I think. I think that they again SFA Abilene Christian are still there, and you add teams like New Mexico, Seattle, Grand Canyon. I think it'll be a lot tougher for them this year. So I'm going to go. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be in the running for a decent seed in the tournament, but I think they do run into some trouble. You say 11 and seven. Um, ah, I don't, I don't feel as good here. Mm. Um, I'm going to go nine and nine, which might be selling them short because I think defensively, I might not be giving them enough credit. They might be a good defensive team and maybe mm. keep them in some games here, but I just don't offensively. I'm, I'm kind of worried. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, Savion flag is not a big scorer either, right? Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a decent scorer and I'm curious how he does at this level, but um, you know, you add a, a guy who I'm really curious to see what it looks like when he's kind of asked to probably be a little bit more of a scorer than he was at AM. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, you want to take the, the women's? Yes, I will. All righty. Sam Houston women's head coach Raven Justice, 15, uh, went 15 and eight last year, nine and five in conference. They lost to, of course, SFA in the, in the Southland tournament, uh, 56-45. This is a team that was really a really good rebounding team. Um, they weren't very good. There were some metrics I was looking at where they weren't very good in, in terms of assisting. Um, they had a lot. They had turnover issues, but yeah. they were kind of a chaotic team in terms of forcing turnovers. They were 13th in the nation in steals per game, 24th in steal rate, 30th. I mentioned the rebounding, 30th in offensive rebounds per game, uh, about average uh, as far as defensive rebounding goes. And I mentioned this with Aqua Franklin. Raven Justice also one of the best, I think, young coaches in uh in college basketball she comes over from uh prairie view and kind of helps this team bounce back a little bit she had prairie view rolling and she gets the she gets the sam houston job and they've gone 50 and 31 under her 34 and 18 under in in conference and this is a she's done this basically with sfa rolling right in the same conference and they've been an acu uh who fell off a little bit last year but acu before sfa uh took off was kind of the other power in this conference so now you're looking at it this year and i see a team that i'm kind of really excited about they they bring enough back to where i don't want to say that they're going to be a favorite but I because SFA, of course, but I see a team that could probably punch up to second or third. I see a team that's experienced. I see Faith Cook as one of the top guards in the conference, probably in the state, maybe if she can if she can really hit her potential. And I yeah, I like this team a lot. Yeah. Um, and then they add oh, they add Michaela Woods from UTSA. Um, they had Kylie Scott from Little Rock, uh, two sophomores there that are going to be instant contributors. So I think that, uh, yeah, that was those some uh, additions that I wanted to hit on too. Yeah, they they added a lot of of transfers. Um, mm-hmm. I have them. Um, they added from George Mason, South Alabama, West Texas College, uh, Colorado, Indiana State. Um, like you mentioned, the other two as well so you you add those and then i have them down as basically six players started last year i have them returning four of those players Mm -hmm. so and obviously the one that is gone is amber leggett uh 20 points a game so that is a big loss big loss there and now i'm looking at it like can faith cook reach that potential that you mentioned can faith (laughs) cook become a more reliable score because while she scored the ball last year she was mostly inefficient in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so the pressure is going to fall on her but then also there is it's it's not like she has to do everything for this team i don't think especially um i don't think that would be how raven uh, raven justice is going to design the offense but i there's it's interesting because they were such a good i mean plus five um in the rebounding margin uh they held teams to 28 percent from three they were plus 3.1 turnover margin you know like you said they forced 23 turnovers per game Mm -hmm. and then you add a lot of transfers into that and so now it's like i don't really know what to expect without leg it here like are they're just going to be the same type of chaotic team sure 
but you know, without that go-to score, like where are they going to go for points? So I just have a lot of questions here, but they were picked to come in sixth and seventh in the WAC. Um, Faith Cook was named to the second team all conference before the year. So clearly there's talent, clearly there's expectations here. I going to a different conference. I'm, I'm interested to see what the ceiling is for this team this year. Cause I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. I think their additions are huge, but I should add, I mean, Michaela Woods, was the UTSA's leading scorer last year. Obviously, you know, we talked about them already. They had a lot of struggles, but she was a 15-point-per-game scorer, uh, CUSA, all-freshman team. And, you know, I believe – I'm trying to look at it – 15 points, uh, almost six rebounds as a guard, uh, two assists, two steals per game. And uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Kylie Scott right here. You mentioned their shooting. Again, they weren't – you know, it was was kind of a – they were, they were decently shooting, right? I'm not going to mention that. I'm not going to say that they were bad, but yeah. they add almost a 38% uh, shooter from three in Kylie Scott, right? So I do think it's going to be a little bit more by committee. And we should add that Faith Cook, while she wasn't the most efficient scorer, she was the playmaker of this team, right? Mm-hmm. Amber Leggett had some assists as well, but for the most part, it was Faith Cook kind of distributing. And when you give her maybe a little bit more options, that maybe frees her up, right? Because she might not have to be this, the leading scorer, the second leading scorer, or she, if she is, she's probably, uh, it's probably not a, tw- you know, what Amber Leggett was, which is like 20 points and then the next person has 12 or whatever. Yeah. It might be closer to like the top four have like 11, right? So I'm curious how this team is. I think, I think that's what Raven Justice had in mind was when she got the, this group together was let's add some experience scoring some reliable scoring to where we don't have to have somebody put up 20 points a game anymore. Cause you know, you can't do that overnight. You can't go from whatever faith cook averaged last year to instantly being Amber legged in terms of a score. Um, the other thing I will say is again, aside from SFA, which everybody was getting beat by SFA, uh, this team beat basically everybody and could beat everybody, right? They beat ACU, which is the other kind of the other conference, the other team, um, and I think they, I think they beat uh, ACU twice, and one of them was by twenty. And so I think this is out when you get outside of SFA. I think this is the other contender in this conference. Interesting. All right. I was looking at their schedule, their non-conference schedule, while you're talking, and it's actually mm-hmm. a really interesting schedule here. You have UT Arlington, Tulsa, Arkansas, La Tech, Alabama, and Rice. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, six, six of their, what, probably 12 non-conference games are really interesting games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm interested in that UTA game a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's predict. Okay. Ambition's women's. Um, 18-game schedule. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 11 and 7. Mm. I was going to go 12 and 6. All right, there we go. Good, 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 good. All right. We're back after last last podcast where you were the negative one. Uh, you're, you're back being being up on teams. This is good. <laughs> all things are right in the world. Um. All right. Next, let's get to the swack. All righty, let's do it. Texas Southern. Um. Let me get a timer. All right. Last year, coming off of a seventeen and nine year, uh, ten and three in conference, they win the swack tournament, and. Then they go on and win the first four game in the NCAA tournament. I believe it was Mount St. Mary's they beat. They were down in the first half, and I was telling everybody, I was like, calm down. You know, they're going to win the game. I believe in them. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they go on and win the game. And um, you look at the year of, of – or you look at last year's team, and it was a lot of Michael Weathers, right, and another player who has gone to SMU. Mm-hmm. Um, averaged 16.5 points, 5.2 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. I mean, he was everywhere for this team. He was – a tremendous player. Uh, but then you look at them as a team and they couldn't shoot the ball. They shot 27% from three, made only four and a half a game um, while allowing teams to make 7.3 per game. So you're looking at a little three, three pointers per game disparity there right off the bat, but then they out rebound teams by 5.3 per game. And so that's where you get into where they their kind of style is right. Johnny Jones, they're, you know, more physical team, a uh, mm-hmm. team that's going to, really kind of muck it up in a sense and they lost twice to Prairie View in the regular season and then they go and beat Prairie View in the in the championship game and I'll, we'll talk about Prairie View in a bit but 
it was a game that they won 80 to 61 and they kind of just beat the hell out of them. And that's where I was kind of giving credit to Johnny Jones in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Cause like, this is what he does, right? He gets mm-hmm. teams to the NCAA tournament. He's a, kind of like, you know, in the NBA, you have like playoff coaches. I feel like that's what he is basically. Right. At yeah. this point. And so they returned John Walker, they uh, returned Galen Alexander, they returned Jordan Gilliam, all seniors. They add AJ Lawson, who I know from North Texas, but he's been playing at McNeese the past few years good player there um and they do they have a i actually i'll talk about their non-conference schedule later but they have a brutal non-conference schedule that i'm interested mm-hmm. in yeah i think last year they their style kind of lended themselves benefited them in when it came to the tournament because they're such a they were such a high tempo team right they were able to push the ball and i think that lended themselves to be more uh, uh, prone to upset teams like Prairie View and Jackson State, who was the other uh, kind of uh, tournament uh, SWAC favorite heading into the, that, the SWAC tournament. And they meant they lose Weathers. You mentioned they lose Weathers, but they basically return everybody else. Yeah. And so, like, I still think this is very much a conference contender, especially when you consider the, <clears throat> the uh, additions they made. I don't think, again, they're going to lose. They don't. John Walker, I think, is probably the only all swack caliber player. Yeah. But this is going to be a team that's going to have a lot of scoring and a lot of talent regardless. So I don't think that this is a team that falls off. I think this is a team that keeps it going, especially with that style of play that Johnny Jones has there. They're one of the more fun teams to watch, definitely. Um, 45th in the country in pace last year. I remember yeah. I'll never forget when I watched the first, when we started this podcast, I watched Texas Southern play a Prairie View. I don't remember which one it was. They played twice mm-hmm. and it was just a track meet yeah. just going up and down. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is Yeah. That? And like you mentioned, they're, they're uh, top, top 50 in offensive rebounding. Like they're just a, a they, were, they were a fun team. And I think that they're going to keep that going. I really do. Like you look at last year and of course, they. I, I I like the fact that they have a tough non-conference schedule because it just it just it it gets them ready for the SWAC, right? They're not going to see, aside from Prairie View and Jackson State, they're not going to see competition that they're that's probably going to overwhelm them, um, or at least competition that they 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 can they can't match up against. So, I don't know. I still think we're looking at one of the top three teams easily in the SWAC. Um, I think it will be a three team race. And I think we're looking at potentially the favorite again, like I, I probably would put, we'll talk about Prairie View in a bit. I might put it Prairie View maybe number one, but um, I still think this is a team that's ready to go. Um, We don't, we don't usually talk about the non-conference schedule, at least in early in, in a lot, a lot of depth, but yeah. um, Oh my gosh. Like just hey, that's the life of an HBCU, man. They, they got a book. They got a book tough. All, all, all the, I know, I know it's like, you know, it's kind of like every year you have to do this, but like, yeah, I, I will never like not be amazed at just like Oregon, St. Mary's, Washington, Air Force, NC State, BYU, La Tech, Florida, UTRGV, and Cincinnati, TCU, all on the road. Gotta get them checks, bro. They Gotta are get them get checks. Them and they are gonna get um a lot better as the yeah. as my conference season plays as that is one thing i'm i'm interested in i'm interested to watch them because you're gonna you're going in you're going into it and last year they had a a pretty hard schedule but a lot of those games got canceled because of covid yeah. so you the only game the games they did end up playing were interesting right they beat wyoming uh but then they lost by 12 to st mary's obviously a good team lost to oklahoma state lost by four to Washington state last year. And basically the rest of non-conference was, was scrapped. So mm-hmm. this year they're going to actually get to go through all that, which obviously is going to be a trek. It's going to be a lot of work, but you know, it's going to, it's going to make them work. And I think it's going to really test out um, these returners. And I think these returners are going to look at it as a challenge that they're excited for. So hundred oh, percent, I'm interested in that um, for sure. Um, there was one other point I had. I don't remember what it was as the timer goes off. But anyways, well, I'll probably remember whenever we talk about preview. I think it was mostly about the preview matchup, but let's talk. Um, let's do predictions. I'm okay. have something else here. Uh, no, I was trying to look. I was just trying to look at AJ Lawson's numbers because I didn't remember uh, the you numbers you well, put I up think at at, uh, at McNeese. McNeese. Let me see. Bringing him up. 
because the problem is there's another AJ Lawson that, that played. And so I'm bringing, it's like the guy from 2000. <laughs> so let's see, AJ Lawson, he put up, here it is. Oh, I thought I had it. Five, let's see, five, re- is that five rebounds a game? Five rebounds a game, uh, 12, about 12 points a game. Yeah. Uh, so de- again, decent scoring. Again, this is the South one too. So it's going to be, a t- it's going to be a, uh, it was a tougher conference. So hmm, we'll see. Yep. All right. Um, I do not know how many games. Uh, the SWAC plays one second. 18. It looks like 18. Yeah. It looks like a lot. Um, all right. 18. Texas Southern. I, I like this team. I, they, they went, what they go last year again? They went 10 and three. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go thirteen and five, which might be. Oh, okay. But mm, I think that might be. Let me see, because I'm trying to look. Their losses were to the the swag. They should be able. They, they lost. Be. They lost to Prairie View twice, and they didn't play. See, so the problem is they didn't play Jackson State either time, mm-hmm. which is the other contender in the conference. Yeah. They lost to Grambling, which is probably a team they probably shouldn't have lost to. Um. Damn. I mean, I'm gonna, definitely a top three team in the SWAC. Probably. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So. I think I'm going to go uh, – yeah, I'll go 13-5 and five as well. Yeah. I was thinking of 12-6, and six, but I think 13-5. and five. All right. It's in stone. Boom. All right. Last – oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let's get to the women's. Yes. Uh, of Texas Southern. Uh, I'll let you take it. Go ahead. All righty. Let me bring up their schedule. Really? It's already started, so it doesn't matter. Oh, my God. You're just putting me on the clock here. This guy. All right. Texas Southern, led by head coach Cynthia Cooper Dyke, WNBA legend. And their schedule does not pop up when I go to their website. That's interesting. Okay. Um, Oh yeah, I actually had that too. I had that too, actually. Uh, yeah, that was it. Was really interesting. They went five and eleven last year, four and nine in conference okay, play, cool. which includes the tournament loss, which they lost in the first round. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I I wasn't able to pull up the schedule either. It was really weird trying to navigate and figure out what's happening. I couldn't even find like some box scores, so I don't even know if they have box scores up. But I think well, I did the preview for the magazine, so I guess it might just be a website thing that's messing up. Anyway, oh, long story short, um, so Cynthia Cooper Dyke comes in two years ago. They look pretty good. Last year, they take a step back. I'm curious how much of it was COVID-related, you know, just kind of a weird year overall, because they do just kind of hit a wall um, in terms of what they were. I was expecting them to kind of be one of the conference contenders. I think she kind of realizes that – she kind of realized that too because she brings – she 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 has uh, uh, Atia Bridges and Nia Mitchell, who are two 15-point-per-game scorers, returning for their extra years of eligibility. But she also added Shalexis Aaron from her alma mater, USC, who is a, uh, averaged only about seven points a game, uh, three assists. But you're coming in from USC, former four-star recruit, I believe. From, yeah, exactly. So I think that she's going to come in and be a huge player for them. She added another uh, transfer in Ariana Taylor from UTEP. And I think she made about 10 starts for them as a sophomore before transferring uh, in December. And so I re I'm really intrigued if this team can get back to where she kind of had them in 2019, 2020, because she has that cachet of being a WNBA legend. I think that there is some, there's like an, there's an interesting swagger with this team when they played. I remember a couple of years ago, they shot the ball really well two years ago. Um, I'll look back on that team. They were, I'm trying to think, they were 50th and two-pointers made. They didn't really make a lot of threes, but they were really, really efficient in terms of, uh, really well-organized in terms of scoring. I believe they were top 50 in points per game. They were uh, top half in offensive rebounds per game. Field goal percentage, you know, top 80th. And last year, again, last year, they just hit that wall to where, you know, they fell to the bottom in field goal percentage. They fell to the bottom in offensive rebounding and assist. And so I, it was just a weird situation to where I don't know if she expected that to happen in, you know, in just in just one year, because to go from an interesting mid-major 
that can kind of flirt with a conference championship to just the bottom half of the conference just really struck me. Um, I don't know if that gets fixed overnight, but I do think that they find their way into the middle as opposed to towards the bottom this year. I think this might be a team more than a lot of other teams that maybe either COVID or just a weird year in general. Yeah. Just really, really screwed them up. Um, it, every single player on the, on the team that played last year started a game. Yeah. Like we're talking about 12 different starters. I'm wondering and if she just saw this as like, let's just see what we got for the future. Like 12 different players played, started at least two games last year. Right. So um, Nia Mitchell only played two games and that was someone who averaged 9.5 rebounds in those two games. So that probably has correlation to those rebounding woes. Cause I mean, they were minus 7.3 in rebounding margin. So mm-hmm. um, in women's basketball, especially, I mean, you can't rebound the ball and you can't score inside it's it's going to be a struggle mm-hmm. um and so yeah you get nine mitchell back um get a uh, uh bridges back um you do there is a good amount of turnover on the outside other than those two though i mean i think tiara hambrick and uh katera katera uh, limbrick are both gone uh so then you replace them with the players that you mentioned before and that's where i'm like okay i think if you have a little more a little more consistency in your lineups. You have a little bit more of a solid foundation moving here with some veterans and you get some health, uh, you, everybody healthy and, and in the right mind state. I'm, I'm confident that this team is much better than what they were last year. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I just don't think they're a four and eight, four and nine team. Like, right. Exactly. Everything is, is equal. Yeah. I think that once you, once you, uh, <sighs> I don't know. Well, once we see this team, I think, play a couple of games, we're going to see them a little bit more of what they probably want to do. And I think that they're a team that'll punch back to the middle of the swack as opposed to, again, I mentioned that, where the talent on this team isn't bad, right? You t- you have two 15-point-per-game scorers. You add somebody like Shalexis Aaron, who I think will probably be their starting guard or at least a, a first guard off the bench or something. You know, I do think that this will be something of reminiscent of her first year where I think that was more indicating an indication of where I think this roster is. Because, I mean, this isn't where Texas Southern wants to be. I, I do think they're a year away from probably getting back to that contending status. Because um, as much as as much as I do think that, excuse me, as much as I do think that, um last year wasn't indicative of where this team's talent is. You can't just turn that over overnight and become, go back to being a contender. So, um, you know, they did struggle against most of the good teams in conference. Um, you know, so I, I think bringing this, a lot, a lot of this team or not a lot, uh, some of this team back, adding some transfers gives you some of that, uh, um, gives you some, something to kind of base the team around and look a little better. So, uh, with that said, I think I'm going to go about – I'm hovering between 8 and 10 and 9 and 9. Um, I think I'm going to go 8 and 10. Okay. I was thinking – I was hovering – I was between 7 and 8. So so this is this is good. We're about on the same yeah. level here. Uh, you know uh, – we're the same on the men's. I think getting Nia Mitchell back, I think they're going to be eight and 10 is why I'm, I think eight and 10 is a good, good yeah. prediction for them, which is a decent step up from where they were. So oh, definitely, definitely better than, than four and eight and four and nine. So, yeah. All right. Let me write that down. All right. On to prayer review. Prayer review, six minutes. Um, On the men's side, I mean, I was just looking at this team 16 and five. Last year, 13-0 in conference play. Byron Smith, fifth-year head coach. I'm, I feel bad for them. They didn't make the tournament last year. I, I just 13-0. You look at just the results, and they're just mopping everybody up. And yep. then they go – I mean, they didn't mop they up John, Texas They get Johnny Jones. Yeah. They get Johnny Jones. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't mop up Texas Southern regular season. I think one game was by right. two, and the other game was by like five or something like that. Right. Um, but then you get to the tournament and you lose in the championship game by 20 almost. And I was just like, man, that's got to hurt that. I mean, obviously it does hurt, but I feel like this team went and 
And Byron Smith just went out and got everybody in the world to, and they're just going all in at this point. Uh, like literally all in you return, Jawan Daniels return, uh, Jeremiah Gambrell, Darrell Roberts, Dwayne Cox. So those are four like key players right there, especially Daniels who we've were very, very high on last yeah. year. And then you look at the grad seniors they added, they had, uh, Markedrick Brent, uh, Mark Bell from Arkansas Pine Bluff graduate senior, uh, Will Douglas, uh, from SMU. I believe he's a senior as well. Mm-hmm. Um, senior, and then another senior in Elijah Efeje. So you add those three. And then I, there are a couple others who I haven't even mentioned as well. If you look at it as a whole, they have nine seniors on this team. And some of those are graduate seniors, some super seniors, whatever, but seniors, nonetheless, mm-hmm. nine of them, and then three juniors. That's 12 upperclassmen on this team. Like this is, this is just the team that has to just go all in. They said, all right, I don't care if we go 18 to no, we're going to make the tournament and there's nothing anybody can do to stop us. So I, I love it. I'm, I'm all in for all in years and we have one right here ish. Yeah. We have an all in year. This is buddy. I'll say this to anybody out there who does not know about, the slack and kind of the slack uh, quality in the state in particular. Prairie View was number one last year in turnover percentage, number, I believe, or number two in turnover percentage, number one in steal percentage, number one at preventing teams from getting to the line. They were able to hold teams from getting, they were able to play defense without fouling. They were top 50 in defense and they were top 50 in two point percentage. They were top 70 or top 60 in three-point percentage defense. Like, they were all over the floor, and they are so much fun to watch. I think that, yeah, I love that they went all in, right? You mentioned it. You could tell he was like, we got we got our guys back. We got we got, we got the big hitters, Jawan Daniels, Christian Guest, these guys. All right, Jeremiah Gamber, let's bring them all. Let me, let me see if I can give these guys one last shot to go for this because, man, this is this, – I. I mentioned it. This is the conference favorite. This is the slack favorite right here. Like there's no reason to think that these guys aren't going to go for it and that they aren't capable of, you know, making it. Um, I know they lose Cam Mack, who is their, uh, who is their playmaker last year. That's going to be a big replacement, a big uh, uh, spot to fill, but I think they can do it. I don't think they go undefeated in the conference, um, but I think they're, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if they look really really impressive, and it just depends on that. Uh, uh, that uh, I'm trying to think that uh, the tournament it just depends on the tournament. You know, uh, Cam Mack had I think he led the team in assists by a very wide margin. Uh, he had 135 assists. The next person had 41. So again, that's that is their playmaking gone. So um, that's the guy that they need to replace. But man, they got a lot of pieces to figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, yep. He's just uh, man. Uh, they were first in the conference in offensive efficiency, second in yeah. defensive efficiency, um, first in effective field goal percentage. Um, the one thing they did not do last year, which I don't know if that's stylistically or whatever, they didn't get to the free throw line a ton. They yeah. were 10th in the conference in free throw uh attempt rate. So, but they also didn't foul a lot, or no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They did foul a lot as well. They were ninth in opponent free throw attempt rate. So that is the one disparity that does concern me, but that might just be a stylistic thing of being aggressive because you look at the other side, they were first in steal percentage, second in block percentage, you know, all non, non-steal turnovers. They were first. I mean, they were an aggressive, aggressive team. And so maybe you do give up some free throws in that aspect, but it's worked and it just dominated the SWAC last year. And this is the year that I think they're going to, make that push and they have this is kind of like a smu 2.0 to me like this is like mm-hmm. i this is i kind of look at them in a similar type way here except you know without mac i think if they had mac back i'd be completely just you know, oh 100 percent all in i'm interested yes. that they at least have a question mark as far as playmaking goes but they mm-hmm. don't have a question as far as scoring goes they don't have a question as far as style goes and so i look at prairie view and i look at SMU in a very, very similar light. SMU just has uh, Kendrick Davis there, who we kind of know the playmaker on that team. Sure. Whereas Prairie View, I think we need to see it um, going into it. Yeah. I think that I'm trying to look uh, uh, similar to a lot of teams last year, they get a lot of their non-conference games canceled, postponed. I would have liked to have seen them play against some of these teams like a Western Kentucky, a Grand Canyon, even a Missouri, um, because they they almost, they only lost by five to TCU, they lost by 
uh, five to Little Rock. Like I would have been real. I would have been really interested to see how they handled themselves against Grand Canyon and Western Kentucky. Because I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring up their uh, this year's non-conference oh, schedule. Yeah, you're you're in luck. Oh yeah, they're 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 back to being. Hey, it's that's like I said, it's that swack. Uh, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Grand Canyon, uh, Boise State, Wichita State. Oh man, this is gonna be great. Um, but again, I would like to see what happens with those games. Right? I'm not gonna say they're gonna win. They're probably gonna lose all of those. But I want to see. Does it look like you know? Do they lose by five? Do they lose by six? Is it them getting blown out by 30, right? If it's them getting blown out by 30, 40, okay, then we got to, we maybe have some more questions about the, the talent coming together. But um, when they get in the conference, this is a team that, and I hate ugh, Jackson State again, they missed out on Jackson State both games. So I, this is a team that outside of that game, they beat Texas Southern both times in the, in the regular season. And they pretty much handled most of everybody else. So aside from Jackson State and Texas Southern, I think they should be more or less doing the same. I'll tell you what, November 15th, Prairie Viewers, Texas A&M, Dave Campbell's game of the day right there. Mm, that, that's not bad. That's might, not a bad one. I might need to make a graphic for that one. Uh, game, <laughs> game of the day. Game of the graphic. day. Uh, I was looking through like the schedules, um, not to get off topic, but I was looking at schedules just for the next. Wait, like, where do you see that game? At? I don't see that game. But we just talked about it. Texas A&M. Tech, oh, no, so, I thought you said tech, you, you said A and M. Okay, you said A and M. I was like, wait, Did what's I going A&M? on? Yeah, well, I'm gonna go back and edit it to where I say Texas Tech, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. You're gonna sound like an idiot. So, <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, yeah, the next two months are just gonna be crazy. We got games every single day, basically between Texas teams. So I can't. Oh yeah. All right, let's predict eight. Uh, what is it? Eighteen games. I'm assuming. Eighteen game schedule. Eighteen games. Hmm. I am gonna go. Man. I already know what you're gonna say. So go ahead. No, you, you already. Was you already know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna go fifteen and three. Wow. Okay. I okay. I said fifteen. And, I said sixteen and two. I thought you were gonna go sixteen and two. Ooh, all right. All right. Again, they get Jackson State twice, which yeah. they didn't get them last year. I'm gonna go sixteen and two. So. And then we'll go. All right. <laughs> I, who do I have going seventeen to one? SFA's women. Yeah, SFA's women. Yeah, you do have seventeen to one. I'm just waiting to pull the trigger on an 18 and 0. That's really all I'm waiting for. <laughs> I'm running out of teams to be pulling 18 and 0s over here. I know. We have six, <laughs> six teams left. I don't even know who's. Oh, God. We don't even, we don't even look at it now. Uh, um, ACU? No. No. no that Baylor. <laughs> mm. nah, <laughs> I'm just trying to scrap from these last six teams we have. All right. Uh, you missed your shot at that one, buddy. Yeah, to, to, yeah. This is this is probably the one I should have done. Eighteen, no, that's all right. All right, uh, to the women, uh, you you can uh, you can. Start yep. Okay, so uh, this one's gonna get a little rough. Uh, thirteen and three, a Sandy Pugh head coach. Uh, last year, Prairie goes thirteen and three. Trying to find the conference. Two and eleven in conference, and they basically struggle from everywhere except moving the ball. They're pretty okay at moving the ball. Uh, they generate a lot off of assists. They're not one of those teams that stagnate. They, I believe almost 70% of their shots came assisted in some fashion, which is pretty solid. Um, that's kind of what they have to hinge their 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 bets on because they weren't very good defensively. They, I'm trying to think, they weren't very good rebounding. They have a very interesting set piece in Kennedy Paul, who's a very good post player who's... Uh, uh, kind of basically their team, right? And so I do think they have somebody there who can kind of be the linchpin of this team. But this is also a team that struggled basically against everybody doing everything. I will give them this. Dude, there were a lot of close losses in here. They lost. There's the top of the conference, which is Southern, and um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, 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 um, Southern's in mind, Jackson State, Alabama State. They struggled against those, but you look at the teams of their probably their more skill level. They lose by four to Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State. They lose by one to Grambling. They lose by three to Texas Southern. This is a team that lost a lot of close games. 
So I'm hoping that another year we'll see what happens. I think like Texas Southern, this is a team that's a year away from potentially doing something big, but they bring enough back to where I think they'll be improved. Um, I mentioned again, they shot really, they struggled. They were about average in field goal percentage, but they were about slightly below average in terms of three point shooting. Uh, Kennedy Paul, I remember I mentioned is the basically the player that they're going to have to uh, hinge their hopes on. Um, I think some of those 50, 50 games go their way this year. Um, but again, this is still a team that's going to be uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a turnaround, probably a year away. Yeah. I have, uh, they're returning uh, Deanna Rosenthal as well. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Right. They are returning Deanna Rosenthal, which yeah, is going to be that a, is... a good, um, a good returner as well. Yeah. That's another, it's another uh, solid player. I think for them, uh, yeah. I'm looking at four additions going into this year uh three mm-hmm. of them seniors uh the three seniors being barbara barbara benson from ut arlington emily rosario from troy she actually started i think five games and played in every game last year for troy mm-hmm. uh kurt uh, i i did not say her name uh curtis curtis clark um from alcorn who is mm-hmm. alcorn's best player 14 points per game and two steals per game and then junior michaela hutchinson from sfa two years ago and then junior college last year so mm-hmm. those are four additions that tell me that pew um they're actually they're, they're being a little more aggressive this year right sandra sure. Hughes is, is going to be a little bit more aggressive and in, in obviously any coach that goes you know two and eleven and has a season like that, you know, is obviously going to reload aggressively. And so that's basically what she did. So I give her credit in that respect. And maybe it'll bring a little bit of a, a culture shift, personnel shift uh, in, in her uh, in her locker room. And so I'm interested in that respect to see how they kind of gel together. Because it this year, unlike last year, I think they, they do have the talent to be a to, – to play with anybody in this conference almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that – when you look at Prairie View, I mean, I mentioned Raven Justice, right? She came over for, she came over from Prairie View to Sam Houston, um, and they're, I mean, this is a program that's used to competing, similar to Texas Southern. They're used to being in the top, and so Sandy Pugh's kind of had to deal with a little bit of rebuilding. Obviously, COVID last year, everybody dealt with it, but it hit certain teams differently. Um, 2019-2020, they were about a 500 team in conference, and so it just kind of has been a downward trajectory for them. Um, I believe they go 17 and 14 in 2018. And so, you know, it's just kind of been a slow downturn for them, unfortunately. But I do think this is a year where they start to they hit the valley last year and they start to creep back up. Because, again, I mentioned when I was looking at their schedule, it really struck me how much they lost close games. Yeah, and so I, I thought you were. Yeah. I thought you were kind of hyperbolizing. No, you're like actually right. These Re- are actually, like, this is actually kind of crazy. Yes, uh, three seven 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 three, uh, one. Uh, where did this other one go? Four, uh, and four. So yeah. I don't know how many losses I just named. That was probably what eight of their thirteen losses by seven mm-hmm. or less. Okay, you're you're actually yeah telling the truth. Yeah, and so like when you when when they when you look at Two years ago, I look at their losses two years ago. Those weren't the losses two years ago. Two years ago, there were 14, 12, 13. Like those are the lose when they even when they had the better conference record, their losing their losses were big losses. Texas, they lost to Texas Southern by 14, right? Tells you and the teams that they're close to, to exactly. Extent. So, like, yeah, exactly. So I think that we see a swing a little bit more to that. If it's around 500, I probably at the that's probably where it is um if it's just below that that might be where it is too but yeah now i definitely see a team where you look at the additions you look at kennedy paul rosenthal coming back as well i think this is a team that's a lot better than what their record indicated um i'm trying to look at their their stuff in in conference or stats i mean first in assists second in assists per game first in blocks uh kind of average defensively kind of average offensively in terms of shooting um rebounding they're about toward the bottom but i do think yeah i don't know bringing a lot of this back i think they only lose to miracle taylor um as uh as one of their only big losses bring back kennedy Hurd, bring back debria gandy uh, yeah no i i see this as a team that's definitely not going to be where they were last year yeah. all right prediction wise 18 game schedule. I'm gonna go. Mm. 
six or seven for me. Uh, I'm gonna go. Okay. I, I I really like the additions that they that they picked up, and I think that they were they are. I think last year was a blunt to an extent. Um, I'm gonna roll seven and eleven. Okay, I'm gonna go eight and twelve. I do like the idea of just that's twenty games. That's twenty games. Jesus, eight and twelve, eight and ten. Jesus, eight and ten. I am. I am. I was, yeah. Y'all should have seen my face. I was like, <laughs> I was, I was like what? giving them different, giving them more wins. Uh, I do like the idea of just swagger jacking a conference uh, opponent, like like Alcorn State, and just stealing Curtis Clark. It's like, yo, you tired of rolling? You tired of rolling with them? Come, come join us. Come join us. <laughs> Just stealing, because like they weren't much better than them last year. Like they lost to Alcorn State in the tournament, and then the Alcorn State, and then she comes was like, "Yo, in. yo, come roll over here." Come on, you don't really want to play at Alcorn. Come on, you don't really want to play over come there. To, come to PV. More teams need to do that. Where they just, I think a Prairie View did that with a, I don't know who it was, but it was another player in conference or up from uh, Pine Bluff, uh, the men's, and they were just like, "Yo, yo, you tired of being with? Come on now, just come roll with us." <laughs> It wasn't well, have, any Alcorn have, player either. It was actually their best player. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. It was their leading score. It was like, yo, why are you sitting right? Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. More teams need to do that. More teams need to have that courage just to be like, to steal leading score of a conference post. It's like, yo, come on. I feel like it's, it's not asked enough. <laughs> Under the table, I mean, you got to knock on some doors here. I mean, we right. We see it at, at NBA level. We see it at every level. I mean, hey, right. You'd be surprised what people will do. They'll just come on over <laughs> and play with you. Uh, oh, all right, all right. So if I forgot what you said, you said eight and ten, eight and ten, eight and ten. Yes, I said seven eleven. All right. I was Man. more optimistic than you this yes. uh, this episode. Yes. What do you mean for one? Oh no, yeah, for all. Yeah, three, no, it was. Three, yeah, yeah. Three, three. We had the yeah. same predictions on two and yeah you were above you were higher than me on all four of the other ones yeah oh no that's yeah. not true prayer view men prayer view men that was the one i was higher on oh, okay that that is true yeah you're shooting for the stars with that one yeah we're going yeah um all right that's all we have for y'all today uh two more podcasts preview podcasts coming out um before the season begins uh just to quick give y'all a quick uh, heads up that is going to be the others podcast with uh, Texas, ACU, AM Corpus Christi, and then we have Baylor, UNT, UTA as our DFW2. So Boom. be on the lookout for those. Uh, check out the other podcasts we've released already. Um, again, if you're from Houston, you want to listen to the Rice, Houston, and Houston Baptist one, uh, that will be a little bit ways back. You can go check that out. But yeah, uh, leave us a rating and review on Apple, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, check us out at uh, texasbasketball.com dct basketball on twitter uh ishmael r johnson on twitter for ish matthew bruni underscore for me um and thank you all for joining us we'll talk to you all later